This podcast is brought to you by Uni Pizza Ovens, the world's number one pizza oven brand. Welcome to the Pizza Pod Party. With Arthur Bavino and Alfred Schultz. On today's show... Comedian and Daily Show correspondent, Roy Wood Jr. Pizza news and our pizza topic is pizza grease blotting. Well, hello, hello, hello. Hello, Alfred. I guess we're doing this, huh? I guess it's happening. You're having a party. I, I really appreciate the party hat you are wearing. I think that's odd because probably no one will see you wearing it, but I think it's a good choice. You look adorable. It's my pizza pot party hat. That's hard to say. What a weird, dumb name we chose for this thing. But uh, look, you make your bed, you got to sleep in it. And uh, someone else had eat pizza uh, in it. And also someone else had pizza party podcast already. So uh, anywho, I'm Alfred Schultz. I'm Arthur Bovino, based in New York City. Arthur, give us your pizza bona fides right now to impress the audience. I am longtime pizza writer, uh, NYC Best Pizza, Slice Writing on Instagram, founder of the 101 Best Pizzas in America list for the Daily Meal. I've been writing about pizza for a whole bunch of publications going back at least a decade, Tasting Table, New York Times, Bon Appetit, and more. And I am the head of pizza content at Uni Pizza Ovens. Our wonderful partners. I'm Alfred Schultz. I think one thing everyone's going to learn is that I know nothing about cooking. I know nothing about pizza, but... I really enjoy eating pizza a lot to the point it's a problem, but I have been doing audio for about 20 years, both in local news, national news, politics, comedy, public radio, Sirius XM satellite radio, podcasting. I've done a whole bunch of stuff that either you've listened to or you've absolutely not listened to, but it runs the gamut. I don't have the pizza bona fides that Arthur has, but I had a show on SiriusXM that was called Sit Down with Alfred and Chris with the brilliant Chris Hasselt. We decided our show was sort of like a lot to do with fandom and pop culture, but we tried to go into uh, sort of food and drink sometimes. And then randomly we were just like, let's do a whole hour, a live hour of radio on pizza. So we invited uh, comedian Lori Kilmartin, who's a hilarious stand-up, was in town. She agreed to come on and talk about pizza. I don't think she knew exactly what she was getting into, but she was perfect, actually. And I had done some research and found uh, this pizza expert named Arthur Bovino, and he was able to come in studio. We ended up doing an hour on pizza. It was really fun. And I think Christina Palumbo from SiriusXM was there, too. We got a ton of calls. It was a blast, and we decided to keep doing that. I think we did about three or four all together, and Arthur, I think, was there for all of them. Yep. And then I think Arthur and I found ourselves in a similar job situation, and we decided to have pizza together and a little pizza date. And we literally concocted the idea for this whole show in that lunch. It's important to note the pizza that at hand. Alfred is from Chicago. The Chicago suburbs. I am from New York. I don't want to get too far into this, but this was over. This was a New Yorker. I've been accused of having an open mind occasionally. And we had a deep dish pizza with a deep conversation. And that's where this all came together. And I want to note that our friendship bonding over deep dish pizza, especially from where I come from, like that's a big deal for me. Like I really, I really, I really like you, man. I'm very proud of that, and I, 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 I love you too. And I said love. 
the thing is, is that I think when me and Chris decided to do the pizza uh, episode, I started realizing the potential of this was my take was like the difference because there was such debate, especially then about Chicago versus New York styles of pizza. And I'm I'm married to a, a woman from the Bronx. She's Italian. Holly, you might have heard her voice in the um, intro and the other imaging on the show. But she, I realized that it's not about taste; it's about culture, and that the the dividing line between New York and Chicago pizza is only about culture because they both taste great. It's just how you eat it creates such sort of this dramatic debate. And I was fascinated by that. So that's why we wanted to do this. We wanted to talk to really funny storytellers, interesting, smart people, and talk to them about their relationship with pizza, which is often surprising and very silly. Yeah, and that's the thing. We don't want to take ourselves too seriously. I mean, I, I take myself too seriously. Alfred doesn't take me seriously. But we do want to make sure that we're, you know, we're talking about pizza news, pizza topics, and 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 whatnot. But the whole point is to debate, have fun, pontificate, laugh, and really explore the world through the lens of pizza. We're having fun here. We're just, you know, a couple of guys having fun. So I think that leads us to speaking of the pizza headlines of the week. It's time for pizza news. Today's pizza news, uh, CNN, if you hadn't heard, reported a crucial break in the case of uh, Rex Hireman, who is the uh, Gilgo Beach suspect. Uh, there have been a, a bunch of people that have been uh, killed over the past couple of years, and I'm going to bring this down. But uh, pizza was apparently, leftover pizza crust was apparently part of what broke this case open, in case you did not hear. They found it out in the trash outside his Manhattan office and were able to match up his, supposedly match up his DNA. So pizza, pizza to the rescue. Good Lord. Your first story is a murder. Oh, I did not sign up for this. This is a disaster. Continue. Good Lord. On that note, Tombstone this week revealed that their new Bar Snacks pizza is an homage to the brand's bar roots. You cannot buy this pizza, but they're holding a sweepstakes with 125 of the pizzas going up for grabs. Now, if you did not know, Tombstone, which is this frozen supermarket grocery pizza. Who doesn't know Tombstone? uh, Actually, actually... Well, I mean, maybe if you're you know, listening in Europe or somewhere else around the world, you don't know what you want to have on your tombstone. Um, Absolutely not. That this actually originated as an actual bar, if you did not know that. The tombstone, tombstone did? originated. Yes, tombstone originated as an actual bar that served pizza in Medford, Ooh. Wisconsin. There was a cemetery across the street, apparently. I'm going to do some Googling. I did not know that. Interesting. And then some East Village, very hyper-local pizza news here. There is a new pizzeria that opened up called Funzies. And they are serving a topping that I have not seen before previously. I looked around to see what else is out there about this chicory. You may be familiar with chicory. It's a flowering plant found in parts of Europe, Africa, and North America. I am not. Uh, You maybe know of it from uh, coffee in New Orleans. There's chicory coffee. And that came out of, I think, during the Civil War, you couldn't get coffee. So they were using chicory to try and mimic that coffee experience. Anyway, chicory cream is on this pizza with mozzarella, bacon, lemon, pecorino. And uh, that's, again, funsies. It kind of reminds me of this place of uh, Pizza Wagon in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. It's a very like they they opened up a new pizzeria and immediately put seemed to put down like worn red carpeting. So they're going for that like old school vibe. Very cool. But chicory on pizza, not something I'd seen before. And funsies. We're trying to have funsies here. Right, dude. Right, man. There you go. That's why it's all pulling it together. All right. Well, 
I think it's time to move on to our next segment. Today's topic is... All right, should we say this together? One, two, three. Pizza, pizza grease, grease blotting. blotting. Pizza grease blotting. That All right, sounds Alfred. maybe like nonsense. Go ahead. Lay it on us. Do you do you blot your pizza? Uh, do you know what I'm talking about when I ask you about yes. this? Get the napkin and you blot it because you think it might be healthier. I understand both sides yes. of this argument. It seems silly, but it. I also think that uh, I sometimes do it. It depends on the pizza. It's not. It's case by case. Let's be clear here. First of all, you're not no. going to do this on a slice that is sauce topped, right? Because then like you're just like dish. mopping yeah. away your right. So that would be this foolish. would only and be we're not for for foolishness. <laughs> so we're talking about like a super greasy New York slice, probably, or something that you you know you, you can drip the pizza grease onto the plate. And uh, some some people think that that is the better way to do it. Uh, our friend Scott Weiner of Scott's Pizza Tours has talked about this previously. You pull the slice up, let it drip down, and the oil will drip off, as opposed to blotting it. And ruining your slice. Um, I think if you're going to be eating pizza, you should eat the pizza. That's my personal belief. You should but not. Sometimes. That's my Arthur's Arthur's rules of pizza eating. Number one, if you're eating the pizza, eat the pizza. You do not blot the pizza. I, again, I think it's case by case. But my question to you, Arthur, what is the takeaway? What can we learn? You're the expert here. You're the, I'm, I can provide no knowledge or wisdom. So you tell us, what can we take away from this? What is, what, what is the learning moment here? There have been studies that have been done about this, oh dear. shockingly, or maybe not shockingly enough. And you may be able to reduce your calorie count from eating a slice of pizza by 35 calories, maybe 50, depending on how greasy the slice is I'll and how big it. it is. So now you're reducing your, your calorie intake by 35 calories. Again, you're eating pizza. But still, why not? That, that's a it's substantial not amount. It's a health food. It's delicious. Eat the pizza. If you're eating a whole pie by yourself, if you're going to have 10 slices and you're going to save 350 calories by basically eating a whole pie but not having that one slice, 350, okay, you can start to make an argument. But now you've gone and eaten a whole pizza. So it doesn't I actually sense. disagree. I disagree. I think it matters. I honestly think it matters. Well, I think that was actually weirdly useful. I'm surprised. <laughs> Uni Pizza Ovens are excited to introduce their first indoor and outdoor pizza oven, Univolt 12. Uni's first all-electric oven, Volt, offers maximum versatility and performance in a beautiful modern design. Whatever the season and in any weather, you can make great pizza. Univolt is so convenient and easy to use. Just plug it in and you're ready to go. Not only does this oven look great, but it reaches 850 degrees and cooks pizza in just 90 seconds. To learn more, visit uni.com. That's O-O-N-I dot com today. It's the Pizza Pod Party special guest. Today's guest is a popular stand-up comedian and daily show correspondent. You saw him host this year's White House Correspondents Dinner, and you can see him on the road in Syracuse next week in D.C., Lexington, Kentucky, Brea, and Sacramento, California. Get tour dates at RoyWoodJr.com. I will say this interview, hilarious. He's got awesome, very funny stories, uh, a lot of interesting opinions too, but uh, it's a little blue, a little blue. You know, I don't think most of our interviews will be as blue as this. So if you have kids, maybe, you know, listen to this one with uh, headphones or earbuds, but it's really fun. He's awesome. And hopefully he's the next host of The Daily Show. 
We shall see. He's a front runner. Uh, this is Roy Wood Jr. I was just watching on uh, Twitter. You did a bit a while back with your son at Chuck E. Cheese where you were talking about uh, Chucky oh. and Mickey used to be roommates <laughs> or friends and then they had a fallen out. So I was just wondering, you know, if you could give us a little brief recap of the beef between Chucky and Mickey, but also talk a little bit about your working your bits out with your son. That for me, my mind just goes to weird places when I'm with my son. It's like this thing of, oh, what is the weirdest thing I could say to him that he won't process? And like, and granted, that video is from like two, three years ago where I could get away with that. But if I told him that now, if I told him that... He would never forget it. Yeah, if I told him that Chuck E. Cheese and Mickey Mouse used to be boys and then Mickey broke off and formed Disneyland and never cut Chuck E. Cheese in on it and Chuck E. had to create miniature versions of Disneyland and various strip malls and that's why he's sad and depressed... If I told my son that now, he would be just devastated. I'm not. I'm, it almost makes too much sense. Yeah, it sounds true when you like when you watch the video. It I sounds true. I kind of think it is true. Yeah, I I believe it. Yeah, let's just call it. Yeah, I think Chucky was lying on somebody's couch at some point. Yeah, he was sleeping on somebody's couch. Was it Donald Duck? What did I say? I got to go back and watch I think it. It was, was the gorilla. Really, I think it was, yeah. Oh yeah, the gorilla, the one uh, that from Showbiz. Yeah, 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 the one that plays the drums. <laughs> Chucky was down bad. <laughs> That's uh, that is an official story. Yes. That's a, that's an exclusive. Well, to your Twitter page, <laughs> but uh, Roy, one thing that I thought that we haven't really gotten into in a in a real sense when we've been talking to people is the South and pizza. I know nothing about Southern pizza. It's very possible Arthur, pizza. my expert friend, pizza. Okay, then I guess I do. So, what is your first memories of pizza? What was how did pizza affect your childhood? Pizza was a celebratory food. When you think about pizza as a food, it was more often than not, it was a reward. It was showbiz pizza. It was Chuck E. Cheese pizza. It was a pizza party in class. Like the word party was assigned to pizza. Yep. It was pizza party, ice cream pickout. And then when I started playing sports, I started playing Little League. If you won the big game, you went to Pizza Hut. The coach would splurge because this shit was expensive. Like you have to remember... In the 80s in the South, whatever pizza culture was in the big cities, the South did not have that. So all of this brick oven artisanal pizza that we've been making here since 1940. My fuck, it was Domino's, it was Little Caesars, and it was Pizza Hut. And Little Caesars didn't even deliver in those days. I think they stopped delivery since. But like in those days, if you wanted pizza delivered, it was Domino's. And I grew up in a black neighborhood, so pizza didn't deliver to our side of town for a very long time. And I'm old enough to remember a time where Pizza Hut did not deliver. Pizza Hut was a destination you needed a fucking reservation. If it was jumping on a Sunday, you're not getting in Pizza Hut. And so that became a full experience because you would go to Pizza Hut and you would play the little coin-op video games until your pizza got to the table. Um, I remember in high school, um, this is mid-90s at this point. I graduated in 96, just for perspective. I remember when Pizza Hut introduced the buffet. But the buffet was during the day when we always had class. And Pizza Hut didn't offer the buffet on weekends, so we could never experience the buffet. One day, we skipped school. At the time, it was a Pizza Hut three, four blocks from my high school, Ramsey. And we went to that buffet once a week and we would miss six period. It was $12 and we would just engorge ourselves on just no salad, no breadsticks, straight meat lovers, slice after slice after slice. And that was probably 
the best memories I have of pizza growing up. There was a pizza delivery woman in college that I really, really wanted to like ask out and just didn't have the guts to. But I just kept ordering pizzas, hoping that <laughs> she would be my delivery person. Did you play through the scenarios in your head, like what you were going to do? Or you were just like, you would, you know, you got her there and then you're like, I just need the pizza. To this day, I'm happy I never opened my mouth. Now, we wanted pizza. The, the cheapest pizza in Tallahassee. At this point, I'm at Florida A&M. And the cheapest pizza in Tallahassee was Gumby's Pizza. And fairly good. It wasn't no Domino's. It wasn't no Pizza Hut. The pizza was fine, but it was the cheapest. Also, Gumby's delivered the latest, and they gave us the least amount of grief about delivering to a black college campus after dark. So Gumby's was an easy... Uh, the that least was amount of grief. Too. What do you mean Correct. by that, exactly? What do you mean by that? Well, because they become closer. So at black in black neighborhoods, and I can't speak for a lot of it now because I live in New York City and Everybody delivers in New yeah. York City. They don't really care. But in the South, specific, I'll just speak about my college. Like in Birmingham, Pizza Hut would just straight up say, we don't come to that side of town. You can go to the Pizza Hut and pick it up, but we're not delivering to you because we're scared our drivers are going to get robbed and shot in the head. And so the middle ground at my black college at that time was that the pizza companies would make you hike to the other side of campus to the safest, most well-lit, most populated, high-foot traffic area of camp. If you want this pizza, meet me at the docks at 3 a.m., and you better not be getting followed, and don't call the cops. Like, meet out in the wow. open, like a fucking open-air drug deal. You ever seen those movies where they do the drug deal in the train station? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, you drop it over there and drop it to my guy. It's a, it's a hit, it's a hit, get out of here! <laughs> like, that type of shit. So, you would have to hike to the other side of campus and some nights it's cold, some nights it's raining. I don't feel like doing all this walking, but if you want Pizza Hut or Domino's, you had to meet them at a particular place. Yeah. Gumby's didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Gumby's would fucking airdrop it. Hell, the Gumby's driver might beat your ass. <laughs> like it was a totally different situation. So they would come to your door. They would come right to your dorm. And so that was much more convenient and easier to deal with. And, you know, Gumby's and pretty much any Chinese food delivery, Chinese food, pretty much any place that sold Chinese food, they didn't care about where on campus you were. And I just remember this this woman delivering a pizza. And just first off- Was a, she Gumby's a, employee? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, first okay. off, seeing a female pizza, yeah. pizza delivery, like that's not, you don't traditionally think of a woman, at least not in 96, 97. But I mean, even at that tender age of 18, you you know, even if you think you ha have a crush on someone, you know when it is and isn't appropriate to flirt. And yeah. it's like, and at that point, what am I going to do to stand out other than tip 30%, which <laughs> in, in that day and age, that's like giving up your life savings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 30%. <laughs> but no, I never said anything, but I just remember Gumby's Pizza being my go-to because it was always this possibility that... You might get the, it might be that one girl in the Chevy Corsica and she's going to smile at me and that'll make me feel good for a week and a half. But you also know when you're standing on the porch of a dorm and a woman comes up with your pizza and there's 
15 testosterone filled men. She's trying to get the fuck out of there as quickly as she can. <laughs> she, she, yes. <laughs> I am leaving. Your here's dream your is pizza. her nightmare, literally. <laughs> the, yeah. Here's, thank you for the thank you for the good tip. And I will see you the next time you order. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack there, I feel like, Roy, because first of all, I've never heard of Gumby's. And this is like le- legitimately like I'm Gumby, damn it. Like this is like on their page. They've get they've got Gumby and Pokey. They license oh, Gumby's Pokey sticks. It's full copyright infringement, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but but they're still standing to this day. The story I'm telling you is from almost 30 years ago. And like that's literally it's the best, the it's the fastest and the cheapest. And therefore it tastes better because you're broke. Oh yeah. Uh but it's a Tallahassee institution. So there's that. And then, you know, talking about the buffet, I have a very visceral memory going to Pizza Hut. I grew up uh, for a couple of years overseas in Hong Kong and they would have the buffet. And there was some kind of rule at this buffet where you could only go once and it was a salad station buffet. So what you would see is people go up, get their bowl and you would watch them meticulously stand there and pile up lettuce leaf after lettuce leaf, garbanzo beans, you know, have like Jenga kind of baby corns to keep the structure going as they went up and it would literally be like a foot tall. And then they would, you'd have to watch them take that bowl back from the buffet to their table without spilling it. It was, it was amazing. to watch. <laughs> but I'm wondering, listening to you talk about the buffet and the walk over there, did it live up to everything? Like that's that afternoon that you went there and you did that. Was it worth it? It was amazing. It was worth the potential. We risked a three day school suspension for this. They didn't do detention in those days for skipping class. If you left school grounds for any reason, it's three days off the top and it was worth it. We never got caught. We did it two or three times. It's still, it's pricey. You know, $12 as a 15 year old, it's a lot of, that's literally a week's worth of school lunches for them. Like I would get, I would get $10 for the week. Yeah. Especially when there's like a McDonald's that you could get everything for five bucks back then. Like everything you wanted for five bucks. Yeah, absolutely. Burger, fried, drinking pie, three ninety nine yeah. plus tax. <laughs> The all-American meal. I I remember. So there was also in college, we did a ton of party pizzas, which I did not enjoy. Meaning what? Totino's, four for fives. So we would go to Winn-Dixie. And when we finally got a microwave, that changed the dynamics of the food that we could make in the dorm room. Like, I know some kids had a hot plate or in those days, a George Foreman grill. But we'd figured out that we could take the hot pocket sleeves and like slot them together to make a huge, big hot pocket sleeve. And we could then make party pizzas in the microwave that were crispy instead of just like, like, you know, a party pizza you should do in the oven to really do it the right way. We didn't have an oven. So we would take the sleeves <laughs> of, of random hot pockets we ate weeks ago. We would keep the sleeves and just make this one big foil dome and we would slide a party pizza inside of that and we would eat Totino's party pizzas, but we tried everything. I tried everything to augment those and they just never, I would buy extra shredded cheese. I would buy diced ham. I would buy cubed sausage and just nothing. There are Totino's like advocates, very passionate. Yeah. People love, people love Totino's. I think it's also a food that you associate with a time in your life where yeah. you were your most lost and struggle. <laughs> like, and I don't say that in a disrespect to Totino's. I'm saying that a lot of our relationship with food is also connected to the time in which we consumed it. And that time is something we also 
remember fondly and those people and, you know, going to Winn-Dixie and literally choosing orange juice instead of milk because orange juice was cheaper. We would get bright and early, which was like some fake high C, sunny delight hybrid. And it was cheaper than milk. And we would have Oreos and orange juice some nights in the dorm. That's what we could afford. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we didn't want water. So, yeah, for me, party pizzas are kind of a memory like that. But I would say if there's one pizza I know I will never eat again, it's a Totino's party pizza, please. I swear, every time I do a podcast, I lose a potential endorsement. It'd be so great if they were just about to bankroll a whole project for you. (laughs) Because of that line, there's like, nope, pull pull the plug. Not happening. Can't do it. Um, The one thing about Alabama that I've always been curious about with pizza is there's and Alfred will be interested to hear this. I think there is what I've heard of is Alabama deep dish. And I know the two places that I've heard of are Carpinetti's and Tortugas. So I've never been to either of those, but I'm wondering if you know anything about them or if you've been to them or. I've never been to either. I've heard of Tortugas. Alabama deep dish was something I wasn't even brought up on or aware of until long after I'd left the city. You okay. know, by the time I got back home in 01, uh, there was a spot called Mellow Mushroom, which, you know, I thought was just a Birmingham thing until I got out and about and traveled more with stand-up. I was like, oh, it's kind of a franchise. They have, you know, some spots all over. But that was the first place that I remember that had what I call the weird slices. You know, we're putting artichokes on shit. We're putting broccoli on shit now. Like, we're white yeah. saucing. That was all new to me. You know, even Sabaros at the mall, which I still love a decent slice of Sabaros. Yeah, they have to leave it in the oven a little more. They rush those slices when it's a long line. And you got to let them, man, man, leave my shit in there a little longer. Sabaros was good because of school field trips. That was like anytime we went somewhere and we would stop in a mall food court, you prayed you had enough money for Sabaros because that's way more than an All-American at McDonald's. You're getting into 6 $7 land at Sabaros. And one slice, too, is tough because- Correct. I always want to get You're two, 14. but it's tough. Yeah, yeah. Especially You're if you're going to a movie or something like that. Like you can't really. Yeah, yeah. It gets At tough. 14, you've got a three slice metabolism, but <laughs> yeah. you have a one slice wallet. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Or that's the only thing you're doing that entire, like you're just done for the day. Yeah, you forfeited the gift shop. You forfeited souvenirs. <laughs> yeah. You forfeited toys, yeah. candy, ice cream. You're not doing any of that shit, bro, because you balled out on Sabaros. Maybe you even had yourself a stromboli. That's such a good point. I now remember leaning on things like McDonald's and Burger King only because of that. Be like, well, I can get so much more I can, for <laughs> three bucks, four bucks. But I really want a Sparrow, especially like they had a Sparrow had a slice that had br- like bread. It was almost like a calzone. It was breaded on top. And I would look at that slice and be like, I don't know if I can pull the trigger, but I would like fantasize about that. Oh, slice. yeah. That casserole as <laughs> yeah. it's like a Chicago deep dish with the dome on the top. Yeah. It's like the, the <laughs> crust is on the top and bottom. And I was just like, ah, oh, there's something yeah. about that I want. It was like a chicken pot pie. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, it's literally pie. what it was. <laughs> I, would fa- I would have dreams about that. I think Sparrow's is one of the few nationally known chains that actually started in New York, which is just a little. That weirdly really makes nuts. sense because the setup, it looks like a New York style pizza place when you like or even at the like at a mall or something. It's it's the one that has the slices out, which is like such a New York thing. Yeah, it is the only place that has slices out like that. So, Roy, you are great in that you have a lot of interesting opinions about food and you get very controversial. Um, I'm surprised you're still on Twitter, to be honest. Surprised you haven't been thrown off yet, um, given all the chaos that's happening on Twitter. I don't get controversial. People are weak. 
look, all I did was say the Choco Taco was terrible and that it's not as good as you remember. That's all I said. Okay? Yeah, that, that's actually, I don't, see. I, all I, I said is that Juneteenth ice cream should not be sold. I didn't say you can't eat those flavors. Just don't label it slavery ice cream. That's all I said. People are weak. Okay. It's not my fault. Wow. I love the McRib. I will openly admit that I love the McRib and I look forward to its return every okay. year like a deadbeat father who finally is coming to take me out to the ball game. It's just a big marketing gimmick, though, right? I mean, like, there's no, you think? There's no shortage yeah. of the McRib. Everybody, it's not going anywhere again. It's, yes. it's like the Disney vault. Year, the same story every year. The McRib's not going anywhere. There are still plenty of squirrels. <laughs> so... What is your biggest hot take that you want to unleash on us about pizza? An opinion that will that'll stir the pot, that'll offend a lot of people, probably get you canceled. That's really the goal of the show is to get you canceled. Pizza tastes better when you eat it with a fork and a knife. Yeah, you just lost all the New Yorkers. I don't I'm not a fan of folding up my pizza. <laughs> I don't want to bread cheese it. That's a quesadilla. You're taking your pizza and you're turning it into a quesadilla. Don't do that. The cheese and sauce should hit the proper order. See, that to me is not crazy. I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, so that, you know, a lot of people ate it with knife and fork. But like with the New York slice, you prefer that with a knife and fork. If I could, but the slice is made to go and they give you that paper plate that turns into shambles that doesn't absorb any oil. So you kind of have no choice but to grab and go. Uh, My son is a pioneer. I saw him one day. He was like three when he did this. We took his pizza and we cut it up into little slices for him, little bite-sized little squares. And um, he would take it and eat it upside down so the cheese would hit his tongue first instead of the bread. And I was like, you fucking brilliant child. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you should start. And it totally changed how I consume pizza. You can't eat a slice upside down, but you try to eat it at an angle to make sure the cheese and sauce touch down first. The bread's the least important part. When's the last time they washed that oven? We don't know. I know germs aren't supposed to survive 400 degrees, so maybe it's okay, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just want the cheese to hit first. I kind of want to go eat a slice upside down now. I kind of want to go go over to Joe's and just flip a slice and give it a shot. There's something comforting, though, about the the dough on the bottom. I don't know. There's something, I, 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 I cannot articulate it, but there's something that does, no offense to your child, that feels maybe wrong <laughs> to me. <laughs> I want to start a beef there, with your kid. Uh, <laughs> If there is any place that I could be locked in for the rest of my life, it would be Giordano's in Chicago. If I could, if you, lock me in, if you could lock me in one pizza spot for the rest of my life, and I could, when the zombies come and I go, let's retreat to the pizza spot. <laughs> let's retreat. I pray that it's a Giordano's. I know a lot of people would choose Luminati's. I know a lot of people would choose Pizza Hut. You know, but I think I think a Giordano's, I would be okay if that was the only pizza I could eat for the rest of my life. The, are we talking about stuffed? No, nah, just sausage mushroom. Just a okay, regular, so just a regular, a deep dish slice of, from there, or just a yeah. regular, like okay, that's no, interesting because deep, deep dish slice. Um, pizza Hut personal pans are still the perfect amount of pizza in terms of the volume of it and everything. You know what's odd though is that Pizza Hut in New York. You ever find that certain chains taste different in different areas? Yes. yes. Even locally, I would. There was a Domino's I would not. That was closer to me that I would not order from because I liked the one in Highwood better. 
Absolutely. There's just something about Pizza Hut down. It tastes better down south. I can't explain it. I don't know where the chain started. I don't know where they originated. It's like Guinness beer is better in Ireland, I'm told. Yeah. Very similar. I've I've heard that too. (laughs) The same way Coca-Cola tastes different overseas, depending on where you get it from. Uh, I got to tell you all the time, pizza saved me from an ass whooping. Okay, go ahead. I should not say the comedian I was with because I'm sure he's a different person now. We can bleep it out. So... I was doing comedy with a couple of gentlemen in San Francisco. This one comedian, who I love, great guy, bit of a hothead when he drinks. Very much, I'll fight the whole bar type of energy kind of guy, if shit goes left. Uh, So much so that he once broke his own hand punching a wall to show someone how hard he would punch them type of guy. All right. Got to respect that. That's man shit. Not bright from a health insurance copay point of view. <laughs> Not thoughtful, but I get it. Man shit. Proves yeah. the point. And, he's, and this guy, to my to this day, he's my friend. I'm not talking shit. I'm just telling you that he has a low tolerance for disrespectful people in public places. And he'll take it there very fast with you if you challenge him. So we're in San Francisco. We're in the Fillmore District or... I don't know. It's, it's a lot of there's a lot of Japanese spots up and down this street, and uh, I do my googling. And there's a pizza spot nearby, and we're at a bar, and it's fairly crowded. And I don't want the food that's in this bar. I just I want a slice of pizza. So the comic we'll call him we'll call him Dan. So like Dan, Dan and I are out with two women that we met earlier that night at the show, and so. I turn to the girl I'm with, and I go, I go get some pizza. You want pizza? She goes, yeah, pizza sounds awesome. And Dan is like, I don't want pizza. And the girl's with Dan goes, I want pizza too. And I go, cool, we'll bring you back a slice of pizza, Dan. Me and the two ladies step out. We walk a couple blocks. We get some pizza from a local spot in San Francisco. So, you know, it's every weird slice. They did avocado and, like, anchovies and just all types of cauliflower. You know, San Francisco's out there with their flavor combinations. They're, they don't share your love for Pizza Hut. They are pioneers in what can we put on this pizza. Sure. Runny egg, you got it. Let's <laughs> put egg. it on there. <laughs> okay. Side, oh, I'll give you a hot take on pizza in a second. Fucking breakfast pizza is deplorable, and anyone who likes breakfast pizza should be punched in the fucking face. Hmm. Scrambled eggs and bacon have no place on pizza, and there's a reason you've never seen Pizza Hut open for breakfast, because it's not breakfast food. <laughs> Unless it's cold. And I'm talking to you, place in Faneuil Hall in Boston that sells breakfast pizza and breakfast bagels. Like the whole pizza bagel thing. Yeah. You can't open your mouth wide enough to bite the shit. It's not efficient. It's like a big ass Scooby snack. I fucking damn near dislocated my jaw trying to bite into a breakfast pizza bagel. I've never had one, so I need. Breakfast. I feel like go I'm- to Boston, go to Faneuil Hall. I don't know the name of the place, but it's near the end at one of the entrances. Interesting. So I go down to this pizza place uh, with the two women. We get pizza. We come back. When I come back, now mind you, I'm just eating a slice of pizza. I'm having a good time. Dan is face to face with four Japanese men who are in tailored, impeccably tailored suits. And they're just staring at Dan. And Dan is doing all of his usual punch the wall. Motherfucker, you don't know me. And just disrespect me, motherfucker. And I just walk up 
like a just a lazy cop. I'm chomping on pizza. Dan, what's going on? This motherfucker took her stool. I told him somebody was sitting there and he sat there anyway. That's her fucking chair. And I told him he could get the fuck up out the chair. And that's when I realized there's four dudes staring at Dan and I together now. And the girl that was with Dan, there's a fifth gentleman sitting in her chair and he's not even looking at Dan. Now, I've not been in many fights in my life. I've only been in two fights ever. I haven't been in a fight since the eighth grade, but I have seen enough fights that you can tell before a fight starts who's the craziest person. And if someone is being bombastic and big and demonstrative, and the person who is supposed to be on the receiving end of these insults isn't even giving you the dignity of eye contact, you're not to fuck with that person. And he's got four partners who are already standing ready to fuck you up before you even get to him. You already got levels to go to get to the boss. And so the guy like straightens his jacket, the guy that's sitting in the chair. And as he straightens his jacket and straightens his collar, his sleeve comes down and you can see the beginning of a sleeve tap on his nah, wrist. Not a good sign. I'm not going to say, and I cannot say unequivocally that these gentlemen were Yakuza. I don't know enough about the Yakuza to be able to identify them on site All right. by a partial sleeve tat. But we're in the Japanese side of Japan town. The motherfuckers is dressed impeccably. I played Grand Theft Auto 3. I know what Yakuza is. Basically an like. expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah you you know, know, I fought you know the Yakuza on PlayStation mm-hmm. 3. Mm-hmm. So I know what's up. Yeah, yeah. I know y'all fuck with the suits. I know y'all fuck with the tats. Mm-hmm. And also, it's still a five on one. Well, five on two, if I, I'm going to get my ass whooped too. So it's a five on two. Them ain't good odds, bro. Yeah, it's bad no matter how you look at it, yep. And I go, let's go. (laughs) Fuck that motherfucker! He need to get the fuck up out of her seat! And I just walk over to the guy, and I I, I push it. Damn, I just said, you gotta beep that. (laughs) I said his name for real. I didn't (laughs) even pay attention. Now I'm mad at myself. I'll bleep it out. Please, please bleep that. So (laughs) I go, hey, man, just stand over here for a second. And I go over to the dude that's sitting down, and I got the pizza in my hand. I'm still eating the pizza. And the guy looks up at me. I go, hey, man, my friends had a lot to drink. I'm sorry about his behavior. I apologize. We mean you no disrespect. And he looks up at me, and then he looks down at the pizza in my hand. And I guess he just recognized the pizza, like that spot. (laughs) That place has a good slice. (laughs) (laughs) No, he didn't say that. He goes, and then he just gives me like the quick head bow, like you get the fuck out of here. I was like, thank you, gang yeah. leader, for not fucking us up tonight. <laughs> but yeah, my point is always keep a slice of pizza in your back pocket. It's a good peacemaker. I know you want me to bleep out the name of the guy, but I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, comedian Todd Barry's his reputation precedes him everywhere he goes as that kind of uh, troublemaker. So <laughs> I think, you know, the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, man, you're in my seat. <laughs> Just, you know, I, the whole story, that's all I was thinking was, of course, Todd Barry, you're not even night, hiding it at this point. <laughs> it's tonight. That was always his thing before he fought someone. He would like look him in the eyes and go, it's tonight your night, <laughs> motherfucker. Ask yourself, is tonight your night? <laughs> Which is such a it's great a scary thing. It's such a great yeah. opening line. But he was laying that on the Japanese dude and it was getting nothing. He was fucking bombing with his best shit talk material. And the guy didn't even flinch. You can't, you can't answer that question. You're, every answer is wrong <laughs> from your greatest. perspective. It's like, yes, tonight is my night. It's tonight your night, motherfucker. 
Is tonight your night? <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like this. <laughs> well, Roy, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to take up more of your time. This was hilarious. You came prepared with amazing stories. So thank you so much. Is there any? Is there this? I know you mentioned this. Uh, your favorite uh, Giordano's. That would be sort of the 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 place you would go to uh, for a last meal. What is the slice? What is the perfect slice? Ooh. Champion Pizza in New York City, 14th Street and 5th Avenue. And what's on it? It's sausage, it's mushrooms, it's light green peppers, cheese on top, because I prefer cheese as a bonding agent to hold the toppings in place, because I don't like my toppings okay. falling all off the fucking pizza. So you have to make okay. that special request. Otherwise, they go cheese, then toppings, and then your toppings don't stick. Yeah, if it's a single slice, that's where I go. Champion Pizza. All right, there it is. All right. Thank you so much for all of this. Well, thank you all. Roy, thank you. I think for our first guests, uh, that was a pretty fun one. It's awesome. One thing, because we've recorded a, a fair amount of interviews so far, I will say each one is weirdly very different. So buckle very. up, ladies and gentlemen. We are, Some of them are going to be full-on debates. Some of them are going to be entirely jokey. Some of them are a little serious. This one was even sometimes a bit serious. There was a contentious one, too. Oh, you can yeah. look out for some of the contentious oh, ones. Oh, yeah, we get, we get heated. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can also follow us on all the social media. I'm usually at Alfred Schultz, and it's S-C-H-U-L-Z, no T in Schultz. Very confusing. I'm Arthur Bovino, and you can follow me at NYC Best Pizza. Follow the show at Pizza Pod Party and Uni Pizza Ovens at Uni HQ. Thanks so much. See you next week. Goodbye and good luck. Good night and good luck. What does he say? Have a good one. Make pizza. The Pizza Pod Party. Please rate and review the podcast. The Pizza Pod Party is hosted by Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Produced by Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Created by Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Researched by Arthur Bovino. Engineered, edited, and mixed by Alfred Schultz. Voiced by the fabulous Holly Palmieri. And presented by Uni Pizza Ovens. Visit uni.com. That's O-O-N-I dot com to find out more about the world's number one pizza oven brand and follow uni on social media at uni hq on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok